Welcome back to Cole America. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Uh, I hope everything was great and uh, you all got the visit from Santa that you deserved. Uh, I know I did because I've been a very good boy giving y'all all these picks, all these wins. Santa, Santa rewarded me. Uh, I got to, uh, I got to go up and visit my mom and dad up in Hoover. And uh, first time that uh, I've been to that house since they moved in a few months ago. So that was nice. Get to see where they're living and check it out. Got to see my sister Stephanie and her fiance Matthew. Despite him being a Georgia fan, he's a good guy. Um, yeah, we all got family. Got those got those people in it. But uh, and mine has a lot of other colleges in it. That they're fans of, but whatever. Um, anyway, uh, I did not get to see my, my older sister Karen and, and her husband Jeff and their four kids. And uh, kids, they're they're pretty much grown. They're all bigger than me anyway. But uh, <laughs> like they they're tall. They're very tall people. Anyway, um, but other than that, it was it was great. Uh, got to you know spend some quality time. Had a full day and a half off. Look out. Day and a half. Hey, re recharged the old battery and ready for another run. Um, got back Christmas afternoon and worked that night and uh, that evening. And then uh, Tuesday was back opened up early for Boxing Day for some EPO and college football. I love this week. I love it. I wish... All the students were here and everything. It'd be busy, but I love yeah. There's EPL and college football, and uh, you got got NHL back tonight. We've had basketball going, also NBA ready to get some college hoops going too. But uh, it's it's a fun week with a lot of sports, a lot of things. The good thing about Tuscaloosa in December is you can drive around. There's no traffic. There's parking everywhere. Uh, yeah, so there are some perks to it. You can eat anywhere you want. No, no, nothing's busy. Uh, you don't have to wait to get a drink. Because we're not busy either. But it's, uh, it's still, it's alright. So, jumping into it here. Now that we've all had a Merry Christmas. I do want to, I do want to take a minute before I start, actually. Um, our friend Joseph Thompson, NASCAR Joe, to most people around here uh he he passed away and i'll tell you uh just one just a great person uh he had cancer and with what he got normally you see in children and in fact it had been over a decade since it had been documented in an adult from what i was told uh and everything and he actually fought it he fought the good fight man and he fought it as long as he could <laughs> to uh, so that the doctors and them could study it and find as much research they could not not just for him but for others to come along behind yeah that, that might get this and that's just the guy he was yeah he was a great man and while we will certainly miss him and uh, miss our friendship. He was in a lot of pain. And I know he's in a better place now. And I know he's pain free. 
and we take solace in that, and we rejoice in that. And I, I just want to wish to all of his friends, to all of his family, to everyone, that you find peace and that you, you take comfort in knowing that while he wasn't here nearly long enough, you know, and it was a very short life, uh, he, he was a great influence and you know, served his time well. And he will certainly be remembered. Mm. NASCAR Joe, we'll miss you, buddy. And uh, I promise I'll cover more NASCAR on the show in your honor. But uh, it's not too much more because I'm not really good at it. But um, just want to just want to say thank you for being the friend that you were and the guy that you were, and we, and we appreciate you, my friend. You will be missed. So moving along here now, I'm going to start out. I know most of y'all are like, oh, college football picks. You saw that in the headline. That's why you clicked on here. But we're going to wait on that for a second. Um, T-Dow Dark League is out of hold. Uh, the next matches, uh, there's one week left of the season. There's a couple of makeup games. Talked about it last time. Those will be played here soon. Once they're played, I'll bring it up and give you the up-to-date before the final week of the season, but we still have plenty of time before that. <laughs> EPL, English Premier League. I'm going to give you some games here. We're starting out with the EPL. We're kicking off with the EPL. <coughs> I should tell y'all that right now it is 1.30 a.m. Thursday morning, uh, the 28th of December. Yesterday, uh, last night, Wednesday, uh, it looked like we were going to close really early and then uh, we got a little late group and we just finished up cleaning. And so I'm going to do the podcast now and then I'm going to start undecorating the Christmas tree <laughs> as, as that has to be done too. So now, now will be the time to do that. So I'm going to, uh, but EPL, so these are Thursday's games, today's games. Uh, there at 145, 2 o'clock this afternoon. Hopefully you hear it by then. But you got Tottenham against Brighton and Hove. On the goal, on you know, now there's with soccer, if you play the money line, then you have the win, the loss, and the draw. But you can play the goal line. And then it's just win or loss. Alright? But a lot of times it's a plus a goal, half a goal, you know, whatever. In this, uh, on the goal line, it's a pick'em. And so I'm taking the Tottenham Hotspurs uh, plus or minus 125 on the goal line. So if they draw, it's a push. But if they win, then I win. Um, the next one we have West Ham against Arsenal also here on Thursday. Arsenal's minus 300 money line. And I'm confident in laying that in a parlay or something. I really don't want to lay minus 300. Uh... The goal line is a goal and a half. And so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take Arsenal to win on the money line, not for much, but I'm also going to take West Ham plus a goal and a half. And I'm hoping Arsenal wins by one. The over-under is at three. I'm going to take the over. So if Arsenal wins two to one, then I win Arsenal. I win... West Ham and I push the over. If Arsenal gets that last goal, they get it three to one. 
okay, I hit the over, I hit Arsenal, I lose West Ham. No, so I'm still okay. See where we're at? That's what we're doing. Now, on Saturday, you got Chelsea against Luton Town. Chelsea coming off a win today. They just played. Uh, they're minus 165. I'm taking Chelsea again. Wolverhampton against Everton. I'm taking Wolverhampton goal line at a pick'em. Uh, Sheffield against Manchester City. Man City did me very well today. Normally when I've been betting on them, they've been drawing or losing. And so I'm like, I'll happily lose that to watch City you know, lose or draw. But today, they're down 1-0 at the half. Man City turns up. They end up winning 2-1. I hammer on second half and the over of the second half. They hit both. Boom, boom, boom. Man City is minus 2.5, three goals in this game. The over-under is 3.5. So you know what? Give me City. Give me the over. Banger rain, Peter. Now, if you're not sure about the two and a half, three, how that works, the Asian line, then what that is, let's say, to use easy math, we're going to say $20. Let's say you put $20, then minus two and a half, three. It's actually $10 on minus two and a half and $10 on three. So if they would have went three to zero, then you would win the $10 on the two and a half, you would push the other. If they went four, boom. You hit both. And I'm going to take them to cover it. I'm going to take City, and I'm going to take the over three and a half. Um, Burnley is playing Aston Villa. Aston Villa is minus 280, and I'm taking Aston Villa. Aston Villa jumped out on yesterday. Uh, by yesterday, I mean Tuesday. Yeah. Because today's Wednesday, Thursday morning. Yeah, Tuesday. They jumped out on Manchester United 2-0 at the half. I was not happy. Obviously, I'm a Man U fan. Obviously, I bet Man U and the over. I took Man U in the over second half. You know what they did? They came all the way back for me. They came all the way back, and Manchester United won 3-2. Boom. But Astavia was played, played really well in the first half. I think that's enough to beat Burnley. Give me Astavia minus the 280. Um, Crystal Palace plays Brentford. The Bees. The Bees lost today. Didn't look good doing it. I'm going to take Crystal plus the 130, but I'm definitely taking the over two, two and a half. Mm. Bigger on the two, two and a half. Uh, and then Manchester United on Saturday plays Nottingham Forest. Uh, Manchester United is plus 130. Uh, the over-under is two and a half, three. Give me United. Give me the over. Let's go. Glory, glory, man, United. If I need to sing the song, I will. But nobody wants that. Trust me. Now, let's take a look at the NFL. And before I get into the picks for this week's games, I want to take a look at the NFL standings and where we're at. Because, my goodness, Things have gotten a little bit crazy, all right? AFC East, you got the fish on top. The Dolphins are 11 and 4. The Bills, 9 and 6. Jets are 6 and 9. Patriots, 4 and 11. And not good at football. Um, in the AFC, although they did beat Denver. I don't know how, but they did. Anyway, you got the, in the AFC West, the Chiefs. 
Might not have looked like it recently, but they're on top at 9-6. The Raiders of Vegas have found some form. 7-8. The Broncos, 7-8. The Chargers, 5-10. In the AFC North, the Ravens. Looking like world beaters right now. Everybody's darling, 12-3. The Browns, 10-5. Steelers, 8-7. Bengals, 8-7. Over to the AFC South. You got the Jaguars at 8-7, the Colts at 8-7, the Texans at 8-7, and and the Titans at 5-10. Really wish they had traded Derrick Henry before the uh, trade deadline. But, so you got a little jumble there. Over to the NFC. In the East, it's the Philadelphia Eagles, the reigning East champs at 11-4. The Cowboys, 10-5. Giants, 5-10. Commanders, Somehow they still have a team at 4-11. The NFC West, the 49ers, 11-4. The Rams, 8-7. Seahawks, 8-7. Cardinals, 3-12. The NFC North, the Norris Division, the Black and Blue. The Lions are at 11-4. The Vikings and Packers both sit at 7-8. And right behind them, the Chicago Bears at six and nine. Who would have ever thought we'd win six? It's a miracle. And in the NFC South, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at eight and seven, the Falcons and Saints both at seven and eight, the Panthers at two and thirteen, where they need to stay dead last because the Bears have their first round pick, and we want that number one overall pick. So. Carolina, keep dunking your things up for me, buddy. That would be awesome. It would be awesome. It would be absolutely phenomenal. I would love it. Now, as we look at this playoff picture, there's so many things you can look at and get into. But, frankly, we're not going to yet because there's so much to be decided. So let's take a look at this week's games and this week's betting odds for the NFL. Thursday night. That's tonight. That's tonight. Chip, get up. Get excited. The Jets are playing the Brownies. Now, I just told y'all where everybody's standing on the, you know, in the standings. All right? And so you you know you know from what I just went over the Jets sit at six and nine somehow the Browns are ten and five and the Browns what a job they've done this is their, they're on their fourth quarterback of the season this one they pulled out of retirement Joe Flacco looking great they're seven and a half no 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 give me the Browns minus six and a half I'm buying it down and I'm taking the under. It's at 34 and a half. I'm going to buy it up a couple of points and I'm going to take the under at 37. So, Browns minus six and a half under 37. On Saturday we get an NFL game. Amongst all the college games we'll have, there'll be one NFL to slide in on us and it's a good one. It's the Detroit Lions against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Dallas Cowboys are minus six and they've definitely been a much better team at home than on the road. Detroit most of few games they probably shouldn't have. Um, the over-under is 53 in this game. I do like the over. The thing I want to say about Detroit is they have been fortunate 
that they've stayed healthy all season. They really haven't had a whole lot of injuries to start to go through. Um, if you go back, look at their last few games, uh, like that loss to the Bears. Yeah, <laughs> come on now. Yeah, you're not a legit Super Bowl contender losing the Bears. But then they came back, they beat the Broncos, and uh, the Lions beat the beat the Vikings uh, on Christmas Eve. So here we are. Uh, they'll be coming back you know, six days later on the 30th to go to Dallas to play the Cowboys after going to the Vikings. I don't know about that, buddy. I don't know about that. I'm going to have to say I like Dallas in this game. I really want to take the Lions, but I'm going to take Dallas, and I'm definitely going to take the over. On Sunday, you got Miami against Baltimore. Everybody's all about Baltimore right now. Lamar Jackson, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, Baltimore and Philadelphia are very similar in the fact that they're good enough to beat anybody on any given day, obviously. But they like to let teams hang around and give them a chance at the end. They're not putting people to bed like they should. And, frankly, San Francisco dominated the game. They have more rushing yards. They have more passing yards. They just turned the ball over five times. You cannot do that against any team in the NFL, especially a good team. But they were still around at the end with an outside miracle hope. Give me Miami plus the three points. And I'm taking the over 47. Um, New England against Buffalo. This is Buffalo all day. Minus 13. Uh, we're betting against New England more than we are on Buffalo. The Chicago Bears taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Give me the Bears minus the three. Give me the Bears minus 160 money line. Even better. Because they're going to win this game. Uh, Tennessee against Houston. Tennessee obviously not trending in the right direction. And... Houston, D'Amico Lyons has to be up for Coach of the Year. He has to be up there. Um, C.J. Stroud looks like he will probably play in this game, from what I'm hearing. And I like Houston minus the five. Uh, the Raiders against Indy. Ooh, Indy's minus three and a half. Not so fast, my friend. The Raiders have been hot. I know Indy. I know. I know. Give me the Raiders plus the three and a half. Um, on the road, I get it. Carolina against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's minus six and a half. Let's go, Jacksonville. Make sure you win this game. They're minus 275 money line. Let's take that. Because we're going to win this game. Carolina, you're not going to mess me up. Get, get the Bears that number one pick. Rams against the Giants. Rams are minus five and a half. I'll take the Rams. Got bet against the Giants because they're not good. Uh, Philadelphia against Arizona. Philadelphia hadn't covered the spread in a minute. I mean, they had lost three straight, and then they came out last week. Me and Drew Rhodes talked about it, and we both loved Philly in the first half because we figured they'd come out hot and ready to work, and they did. And you know what? They handled it in the first half. But then they didn't cover. Um, I think Arizona, Arizona could score even against Philly's D. I like the over of 48 a lot. I'm going four stars on the over, but I am taking Philly to cover nine and a half. Nine a full point down. Nine and a half. I'm taking Philly. All right. San Fran against Washington. This is a joke if San Fran comes to play. 
San Fran's minus 13. I'll take San Fran. Tampa against the Saints. This is my do not touch of the week. Tampa's at home. They're minus two and a half. You know, this is basically division on the line game here against the Saints. Saints defense is good. What I do like is the under of 43. I think that the Saints D, they'll, they'll keep it, you know, keep it under. And uh, I'm going to go under 43, but I'm not going to touch the game. If I had to pick, I'd take the points at three and a half, but that's where I'm at on that. Uh, Seattle is minus three and a half against Pittsburgh. Give me Seattle. That's me betting against Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's a fraud. Kansas City is minus seven against Cincinnati. Back down to six and a half. Let's take Kansas City. They're eventually going to get this back on track. They're Kansas City. They're too good not to. Um, that not like Andy B. The Chargers against the Broncos. Broncos are minus three and a half. They bench Russell Wilson. Jarrett Stidham starting. Can't like that, Auburn guy. Uh, but it's the Chargers. Can't like that. Now the Broncos down to two and a half. Let's take the Broncos. And then Green Bay against Minnesota. Oh, division rivals in the north. These teams hate each other. You know why? Because everybody in the NFC North hates each other. Um, they argue about which, you know, which place is colder. Minnesota or Green Bay. Who has worse beer? Who has worse people? Well, they both have terrible people and bad beer and cheese curds and everything else. Gimme Green Bay plus the two on the road. Uh, I think Green Bay is going to bounce back here on the road and not only cover, but they'll win this game outright. Give me Green Bay. The over-under 46, I don't like. I'm not touching that. Now, there's your NFL picks. So, is there anything left? Oh, yeah. Bowl games. I bet y'all tuned in to hear this first. And guess what? We're going to do them last. So, here are your bowl games. I'm going to speed up through these a little bit because there's quite a few. I'm already about 22 minutes in. Hmm. I try and look at the time for you guys. Anyway, you got SMU against Boston College here. You're not going to hear this one in time. I promise. Unless you're outside the door right now listening. Because this is like a 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. kickoff. SMU is minus 10. I'm taking SMU. Uh... They're going to dominate the trenches. I think they're just much better on the offensive defensive line. So SMU minus the 10. Rutgers against Miami in Yankee Stadium. That's the U, baby, in Miami. Too many out-outs for Miami. Way too many. This game is supposed to be cold. Last I look, it's going to rain. Well, that means it's all about the ground game. Give me Rutgers winning and covering. NC State against K-State. Ooh, now here's a fun one. Now, Brendan Armstrong um, was benched as the starting quarterback for NC State for uh, MJ Morris. MJ Morris takes over. He opted out four games into the season to save his red shirt. What kind, he opted out of the season four games in. What kind of crap is that? Let me tell you something. I don't care if MJ Morris is the greatest quarterback in the history of football. That includes Jim McMahon. 
You heard me. I didn't stutter. I don't think. <clears throat> I don't care how good he is. I do not want him on my team. Opting out after four games to save a red shirt. Shut up. If the coaches and all agreed on it, you know, whatever, okay, but I hate it. I hate it. But on K State side, K State side, Will Howard, their quarterback, he's opted out because he's transferring. It's K State's minus two and a half. Give me K State to cover the two and a half. Win this game against NC State. Um, I just think all in all, K-State's a better team. Now, this is going to be a fun game. This next one right here, the Alamo Bowl. Arizona against Oklahoma. Arizona started out 3-3. Three and three. They won their last six to get to 9-3. and three. And get here, Oklahoma 10-2. These are two teams that barely missed out on the New Year's six. You know, getting in those bowls. Um, obviously, Dylan Gabriel opted out for Oklahoma, so they're not going to have him. Uh, this is Oklahoma's 25th straight bowl, 25th straight years going to a bowl. Arizona had not been to a bowl since 2017. Talk about a turnaround job. A lot of times in bowl games, it comes down to who's happier to be there, who wants to be there more. I think Arizona definitely is going to be more excited about being there since none of them have been there. Also, though, this is the Alamo Bowl. The past 13 Alamo Bowls have averaged 71.3 points per game. Average 71.3 in 13 of them. This one, the overs at 59 and a half. Hello, five-star lock of the week. Over. Here's why. Even though Dylan Gabriel's not playing, Oklahoma's going to score. Arizona's going to score. Give me Arizona to win, Arizona to cover, the over. Big time over. All right, they're going to run away with it. We might hit 59 and a half in the first half. It's going to be close at the first half. We're going to hit the over the first half. We're going to hit the over of the game. We're going to hit the over the second half. We're going to hit team total overs. The winning team. In, the past, in those last 13 games, has scored 40.6 times. 31 or more, they've scored uh, 11 out of the 13. <coughs> so, there you go. Uh, give me the team total overs also. <coughs> now, look at it Friday. On Friday, you got Clemson against Kentucky. Clemson has five defensive starters out. Uh... Cade Klubrick will be the quarterback. Kentucky, uh, Ray Davis, their starting running back, is playing. That's big. Because Kentucky, they're going to be able to run the ball. And they're going to be able to score some points. Not a lot, but they're going to score some. Clemson, Kentucky's weakness is the uh, in the secondary. I don't think Clemson can throw the ball well enough to really take advantage of Kentucky's secondary. Give me Kentucky Plus the five points. There you go. C-A-T-S. Cats, cats, cats. By the eight. By the way, the SEC 0-1 in bowl games because of AM. I'm telling you. And until they get female cheerleaders and get rid of the old dudes, they need to be out of the SEC. Get rid of them. Okay. We added in Texas and we added in Oklahoma. I see why Texas doesn't like AM. I also see why AM don't like Texas. 
I also see well, I don't want either one of them in my conference. But that's different. Notre Dame against Oregon State. Holy crap. We got a lot to go in this game. Notre Dame is minus six. Now, here we go. <clears throat> this is who all will be out for Oregon State. Let's start with the coach. Uh, Jonathan Smith, he's gone to Michigan State. Then, DJ Ungala, you remember him, the transfer from Clemson. Yeah, he's transferring again. His backup, Aiden, what is it, Charles, whatever. Yeah, he's gone too. Their top tight ends out. Their third uh, best wide receivers out. Three starting offensive linemen out. Their leading rusher and two starting defensive backs. I'm sorry, their leading tackler. Their leading tackler and then two starting defensive backs. All out for Oregon State. Notre Dame's not, not you know, just fully loaded, though. Their starting quarterback, their running back, four offensive linemen, Five of the seven pass catchers, leading pass catchers on their team, and their best corner. Notre Dame's offensive coordinator, also uh, Gerald, uh, uh, what is it, Porter? I'm trying to remember his last name. And I just asked that, like there's somebody in the room to help me with it. There's not. Panther? Porter? Something with a P. Gerald. Oh, Gerald. He took the Troy head coaching job. So I know all you South Alabama people listening are going, Coleman, how do you not know who took the Troy job? Because I don't care about Troy. Anyway, sorry. I did like them uh, whipping up Eastern Michigan, and uh, I liked the fight at the end of the game. That was entertaining. So thank you, Troy. Um, I'm going to take Notre Dame to cover the six. With all these people out, look, Notre Dame's a team, deeper team than Oregon State. Notre Dame is a better team. Give me Notre Dame to cover the six. I'm also taking, very big on this, the under of 41 and a half. The under. Four stars, under 41 and a half. I'm actually going to buy it up like 43, maybe 43 and a half. How many they'll give me? They give me the under in that game. All right, you got Memphis against Iowa State. Look, Memphis only lost three games all year. Missouri, Tulane, and uh, SMU. So that's not bad losses. Um, they have a great O. They have one of the worst defenses in college football. But my question is, did they have one of the worst defenses? Because you look at those teams they played, that was some pretty good offenses with SMU, Tulane, and Missouri. So maybe the stats got a little skewed. Memphis will be at home for this game, literally. They got to travel nowhere. Um, they're playing Iowa State. Iowa State's a 10.5-point favorite. No. You don't walk into Memphis and pick on Memphis. Mm-mm. I mean, you can try, but you're probably going to get stabbed on Bill Street. Or at least shot. Maybe pistol whip. Maybe all the above. Um, give me Memphis to cover the 10.5 here. Now, here's a fun one. Missouri. Against the Ohio State University. Ohio State has one of my favorite bands in Power Five. Uh, they do a lot of great things with their band. I really like them. They're entertaining. Whatever. Um, Kyle McCord 
is not the greatest quarterback in the world. But he did win the starting job and was the starter for Ohio State. And he's out. He's out. He's gone. So, give me Missouri plus the three. Give me Missouri on the money line. They're going to beat the Ohio State. And the over-under of 49, they're going to hit it. You know why? Because Missouri's going to hit it. They're going to drum them. Mm. I like the Tigers. That, I think they have the better coach. I think Eli Drinkwitz is the better coach. Um, now, on the Saturday, Saturday morning, get up early. You got Ole Miss and Penn State. Penn State's a five-point favorite. The lane train had a great rant today, and he was talking about, basically, I'm going to paraphrase it. College football is the only sport out there where free agency starts before the season is over. And it's really, really hard on coaches right now because you're recruiting. You've always been recruiting during bowl season. And you're trying to get your team ready for a bowl. Now, you're also visiting guys that are in the transfer portal. And, oh, let's top it off here. You're also trying to keep your guys to stay. You got assistant coaches missing practice every day for every team because they're off doing 8 million jobs. College football, this is crazy. You got to fix it. Here's your options. When Nick Saban retires, you make him the commissioner of college football and let him do it. Or if he's going to stick around for a while, I'm available for the job. We're the only two that can do this and do it correctly. You know it. I know it. I'm sorry. I know a lot of y'all are football fans. Clay, that's not a slight against you. I'm just saying I'd be great. Mm. I'd take some shots at Shane right here, but he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I don't care. Um, so I guess that is me taking a shot at Shane. No, Shane, the Braves will not win this game. There you go. Uh, disappointment. Anyway, give me Ole Miss. Even despite all the distractions, give me Ole Miss to not only cover but beat Penn State. Penn State's a joke. They play in the Big Ten, and Big Ten is overrated. Y'all aren't listening to me. Even when they add USC in them next year, guess what? They're still going to be overrated. Anyway, where's Ole Miss quality win? Or Ohio State's quality win? Penn State? That ain't a quality win to me. Ole Miss. Now, Auburn, they're playing a Big Ten team, Maryland. Auburn is now a seven-point favorite. And this moved up to seven because Talia Tungavaloa. I know. Wow. They are amazed I was able to pronounce that last name, right? I've had some practice. Talia, if you didn't know, is the Big Ten's all-time leading passer. What? Yeah. Mike Loxley accepted it. He wasn't going to win the job here. I mean, look at who won the job. Yeah, Bryce Young and yeah, Heisman winner and yeah, everything. But Talia is the Big Ten's all-time pass leader. That's how soft the Big Ten is. That's how soft it is. Get out of here. <clears throat> Auburn's a seven-point favorite because Talia's opted out. I got to tell you, Auburn 
I can't do it. You play Auburn played six teams that made it to bowl games. They lost to all six of those teams. Yeah. The only ones they played close were in that voodoo trap of a stadium Jordan Hare. Well, this game is not. I'm sorry. Uh, I I can't take you, Auburn. I'm going to take Maryland with their backup quarterback plus the seven all day, every day. Mike Loxley, we showed you how to do it when you were in T-Town. Take care of him. He'll handle it. <clears throat> now, the Georgia Bulldogs are playing Florida State. And this was the committee being very, very mean to Florida State. Because Georgia, as I went over on the last podcast, should not have been left out of the playoffs. Sorry. You're the number one team in the country all year long. You're number one the week before by the committee. You're, you're the two Don Divinity national champions. You lose one game to Alabama. Widely considered the greatest coach of all time in Nick Saban. Widely considered the standard in college football by pretty much everybody not in Athens, Georgia. Alabama. And you get left out? What? Georgia has a legitimate beef about being left out. Not you, Florida State. Sorry. And they're going to come to prove it. Carson Beck has already announced he's returning for next year. I don't know if you saw it. They got Travis Etienne, the running back. Florida's starting running back is transferred to Georgia. Kirby's going to have these boys ready to go. Florida State. Well, we all know that Jordan Travis, their starter, was out. And the backup. Well, he opted out. The third-string quarterback, the guy that started against Florida, where they looked so bad, the committee was like, nah, dog. It don't even matter if y'all win the ACC. By the way, Louisville's trash. We saw that today in their bowl game. That's who they, they edged out barely beat. But that quarterback that played against Florida, guess what he did? Opted out 15 players from Florida State not playing. That's like starters. No, it would have been starters because the guy in front of him opted out. Georgia minus 19 all day, every day. Dogs by 100. Georgia kills them in this game. Give me the over of 44 and a half. If that was Georgia's team total over, I would take it. Much less Florida State being involved too. I don't know if Florida State will score. They might get you know a touchdown or so. Whatever. Give me the over of 44 and give me and a half and give me Georgia all day, every day. You got Wyoming against Toledo. Real quick, I'm going to take Wyoming minus three and a half. Why? I like the Cowboys. I don't like Toledo. Deal with it. Now, Monday. What? Yeah, we're 39 minutes into the podcast, and I'm still going to go ahead and give you Monday's picks on Thursday night. Monday. You got Wisconsin and LSU. This game should be moved to Cincinnati. Coleman, that don't make any sense. Well, if you remember that Luke Fickle and Brian Kelly both coached at Cincinnati, 
ding, ding, ding. There you go. That's why they really made their name for both of them <coughs> was while they coached there. And, yes, while Luke Fickle took Cincinnati to the playoffs, you remember that? When he got drilled by Alabama for going to the playoffs? They beat Brian Kelly's Notre Dame that, that season, not only to put themselves in, but to basically eliminate Notre Dame from it. You know who will remember all this? Those two coaches. Now, Jaden Daniels has opted out. Huge. Best player in college football. Got the Heisman. Wisconsin, their top uh, running back um, and their top Allen, Allen, the top running back, which you know anything about Wisconsin, top running back's a big deal. And their starting center have both opted out. Also, defensive end, linebacker, defensive back. <clears throat> we all know LSU's defense is paper mache, but they're still going to score. Even without Jaden Daniels and Wisconsin, you're missing too much. I'm sorry. Give me LSU minus the 10. Give me the over of 55 and a half because almost every LSU game hit the over this year. We're going to do it one more time. 55 and a half is a joke. If Jaden Daniels is playing, this line is 21 and the over-under is at 74. Mm. LSU and the over. Then, the Iowa Cyclones. Big Ten runners up. We made it to the Big Ten title game. Plays Tennessee. Now, you talk about two teams I really don't like. But, as, you, as Steve Spurrier famously said, when they had told him, Peyton Manning announced he's going to return for his final season at Tennessee, Coach Spurrier, who is still at Florida. What do you think about that? <laughs> well, maybe he wants to be three-time Citrus Bowl champ. You know, you can't spell Citrus without UT. And once again, Tennessee is back to the Citrus Bowl for the sixth time in program history, the most, time for the most, of any school to ever go to the Citrus Bowl, Tennessee Volunteers. Yay, mediocrity. That's you, Tennessee. Mediocre. Shut up. I'm glad that they won last year and reminded all our fans why we hate them so much. Now, um, I have notes here. Now, Joe Milton, quarterback in Tennessee, has opted out. Nico, goodness gracious, alive. Gonna leave soon? <laughs> Hold on, leave Let him leave However you say his last name, Nico. Look, he was a five-star prospect. He was the top overall quarterback in the 22 draft. Allegedly, $8 million in NIL to go there. But those numbers, we don't know. We don't know if those numbers are real. I've talked about that. Nobody is putting out official numbers. The only numbers you hear are put out by the agents. And they're inflating them to try and get more money for their other clients. All right? Because that's what agents do. They lie. They're like attorneys for sports people. They're terrible. I love law and order, by the way. Anyway. Um, so we don't really know the numbers. But that's, that's where we are. Iowa. Uh, geez, you're Iowa. You can't score for crap. You bring a defense, that's about it. I have a note here that honestly, I can't read. 
Owing and somebody else opted out. I don't know. Whatever. I can't read my writing from about two and a half, three hours ago. But Tennessee's minus six and a half. The over under is 35 and a half. Give me Tennessee to cover and give me the under of 35 and a half. That's, I, I have no faith in Iowa and their offense. It's abysmal. Now, Oregon's playing Liberty. All right? Oregon is a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is at 67. Clay's favorite player, Bo Nix, the former Auburn guy, Oregon Duck. Quack, quack, quack. Mm. I don't know why I said that, Clay. Your name just popped up. I'm sorry. Big Fun's favorite player, Bo Nix. I don't know. We'll, we'll pick somebody else. Uh, <laughs> Bo Nix is playing. And Liberty is undefeated and the biggest underdog of any bowl team at 16 and a half undefeated and you're the biggest dog you're talking about no respect there's no respect for liberty do you want to know why there's no respect for liberty uh-huh anybody 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 this is their first power five team they're playing all year. Liberty has not played a team from the Power Five. Do you see now why they're dogs? Give me Oregon and the over. Because Oregon's going to make an example of these fools. Oregon also brings a good defense. So a, a, for the Pac-12. For the Pac-12. Now the next game that will be played that day, I'm going to skip over and come back to because I can. It's my show, and you've got to listen to the end. 45 minutes in. i got to hurry up. Texas against Washington in the Sugar Bowl. Now, here's some fun stats for you, all right? They played last year. In 2022, they played in the Alamo Bowl. Washington won. Remember that? First time since 70-71, Texas has played the same team in back-to-back -back bowl games. Uh, Washington's never done it. All time in New Orleans, Texas, nine, two, and one. Hey, hey, but they're two and two in uh, the the Sugar Bowl. They're seven zero and one in Tulane Stadium. Some of the Sugar Bowls were played there, anyway, back in the day. Anyway, two and two in the Sugar, in uh, is it Mercedes? That's a uh, Superdome in the Superdome. Washington, 0-0 in the Sugar. Never been there. Boy, you ain't never been to New Orleans. Let me tell you. Their team's never been to New Orleans. Somebody's going to get their butt kicked on Bourbon Street. That's going to happen. Washington, somebody's going to go where the rainbow flags are and probably never leave. Uh, if you're walking down Bourbon, you'll run into him. You'll see that district. He's going to stay there. Uh, just to guess for what's going to happen with their players. Three of them are going to think they have food poisoning because it's spicier than anything they put, ever put in their mouth. <coughs> These are bold predictions. Um, I'm going to give you a guy here. If you can find a plot bet on an anytime touchdown player, and, yeah, like you can in the NFL. Donnie Mitchell. I want you to take it on him. 
he he's a back-to-back national champ. Well, he was at Georgia, freshman his sophomore year, going back-to-back. Not only that, he has scored a touchdown in four straight playoff games. Hello, <clears throat> Mr. Mitchell out there in Texas. He's getting a TD. Texas, minus four, boom. Over, under, 63 and a half, boom. Let me tell you why I think these two teams are playoff teams. Texas, 52 of 52. Washington, 58 of 58. On point afters this year. Both kickers yet to miss a point after. When Texas's kicker misses a chippy field goal, not Texas, Washington's kicker misses a chippy field goal towards the end of the game, and instead of making it an eight-point game, it stays at 11, where it's a two-score game, that's the difference. Texas covers the four. Give me the over of 63. Everybody's going to tell you about Michael Penix Jr. And I think he's very good. I think Quinn Ellis is better. Mm. Now, here's another thing I want y'all to remember. Because most people forget this. Steve Sarkeesian coached at Washington from 2009 to 2013. Well, he don't know these players. He don't know this. You know what he knows? He knows Washington. He knows how he feels about Washington. And Steve Sarkeesian's gonna give on the business. There you go. Um. So I'm going with Texas and the over. Now that just leaves one game left. Should I do it now? Forty-nine and a, a fifty minutes into the podcast, or should I do a whole other podcast on this one? I can't do that to you. I'm doing it right now. Alabama against Michigan in the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. Some say the most highly anticipated Rose Bowl game ever. By the way, fun fact about Texas and Washington, we beat both of y'all in the Rose Bowl. Our first national title was Washington and Texas in 2009-2010, actually the game, the 2009 season. We beat both of y'all in Pasadena. Michigan, you want to come get it too? Come get it, son. Alabama's 3-2 and two all time against Michigan. Michigan won the first meeting in 88. Alabama in uh, 97, yeah, evened it up. I was there in 2000 when Tom Brady kept digging and dunking to the tight ends and all them. We go to overtime. Ryan Flugner missed the point after in overtime. I remember. Mm. But you know what the Tide has done since then to, to old Michigan? Throttled them. In 20, and uh, I'm sorry, in 2012 and in 2020, just butt whippings. All right, remember Denard Robinson, shoelace, 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 shut up. Vinny Cesare laid the hit that laid the tone in that game. And that man gave no crap about his life. He laid wood. I love that guy. But, uh, Alabama, Alabama is plus two. That's a joke. Alabama's not only going to cover the two, they're going to win this game outright. The over-under is at 45. Give me the over, baby. It's over. You know why? They played nobody, Paul, and they haven't. 
other than Ohio State, at home, where they got that win, they have played absolute trash. Nobody. Michigan, not only should you not be number one, I don't think you should be in the playoffs. I hope that in the fourth quarter, Nick Saban doesn't even just yells out the plays. Hey, Jim, we're not even going to use signs. This is what we're running. Because Michigan, everybody's going to tell you how big and physical they are on the offensive defensive line. And how, hey, they're more physical than anybody they played. They dominate the line of scrimmage. They're really physical. They ain't seen physical. They don't know physical. Because the SEC knows physical. Michigan does not. Alabama drills them. And that will lead us up to Alabama and Texas in the rematch. Now, give Texas credit. I'm going to give Texas some credit. They beat Alabama in a rematch of last year. Now they're going to beat Washington in a rematch of last year. But when we play them for the title, that's not a rematch anymore. That's a neutral site for all the marbles. But we'll get into that next time. Anyway, happy hunting. Good luck to everybody. I hope y'all win. Led Drew is a one-way. Tell them, Nikki Chichester. We still outside tonight for maybe 10 minutes to talk. And sure enough, car, there's 20 people driving in all of Tuscaloosa. And one of them came the long way down Red Drew Avenue. When will it come to a stop? Put the spikes out there and let's do this. Anyway, Red Drew is the one way. Clay says to remind you, Gene Stallings is the one way. He got a DUI on it. All these clowns, nothing. It's fine. Anyway. As always, I'll leave you with this. Almost an hour in. Sorry about that. Shoot to score. Play to win. Just like the tide will. On, on the first. And when you get married, make for damn sure that you are the ugly one. I'm Chris Coleman. Thanks for listening.